All right, I've been reading this book, and something I have in my heart to share to us tonight, and I believe, I believe there are people here that need to hear this. I, want, I am one of them that need to hear it, and um, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we're not just opening up an ancient book. We're not just getting into some kind of literature, but we thank you so much that this is your living, breathing life-giving word that we get to get into and talk about. And God, we thank you so much. We thank you that this is not just a letter, but something through your spirit that you bring to life. And we pray, Lord, that the verses we begin to read, we pray that the conversations we're going to begin to have, the things we're going to be discussing, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to take us deeper, that you're going to unveil some things that we didn't see, that you're going to begin to speak to us. And we, we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. We want to hear what you have to say to each one of us. We can preach one message, we can preach one topic, but Holy Spirit, there is no limit to what you can do when that word is released and begin to speak to each one of our hearts. And so I just pray, beyond what's said, beyond what we get into, beyond what we read, I pray for our hearts to be expectant, our hearts to be open, our hearts to be hungry, to hear what you have to say to us, and that's why we're here. We want to hear what you have to say to us. We, want to be, we, want, we don't want to be those people when Jesus was speaking, saying, hey, you got ears, but you actually can't hear. We want to hear what you're saying, not with just our physical physical ears but our spiritual ears we want to hear your word into our life and we thank you God so much we thank you Holy Spirit we open our heart to you we want to hear what you're saying and we thank you for what you're going to be doing in Jesus mighty name everybody said okay the book of Philippians is an incredible book uh, probably one of my I've, I have I tell you know my wife says this I said I do this all the time we'll go out to eat somewhere and I'm like this is my new favorite place she's like hey the last 10 places we went to they were your new favorite places and so this is probably one of my favorite books uh, because we're in it right now. Um, Philippians is an incredible book uh, written, by, uh, written by Paul, written by Apostle Paul uh, to the city called Philippi. And the, the, the city Philippi was named after, after uh, Philly. Philly. <laughs> Yo, Philly. Yeah, named after Philly cheesesteak. No, not, 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 not at all. Yeah, the city of Philippi was named after King Philip II. King Philip II happens to be the, the father of Alexander the Great. Anybody know who that is? Whoa, cool. Um, Philippi is a Roman colony. If you lived in Philippi, because it's a Roman colony, you actually are a Roman citizen. It's also believed... History says that there was a lot of Roman soldiers or retired Roman soldiers that would live in Philippi because Philippi was a, was a beautiful place, was a very nice place. And Philippi, retired soldiers be, would be sent there given land to live there, nice land, nice properties. They'd be given land to live there, and they'd be there as soldiers looking over the land. Now, we're not going to do no history stuff. I don't want to bore anybody to death. But what's important and what I do want to mention is that when Paul is writing this letter, Paul is in prison. Now, people debate what prison he's in. That doesn't matter. But he's in prison. We know that for sure. He's talking about his chains. He's talking about him being in prison. And he's writing this letter to Philippi. But he is in prison. God is writing a letter through Paul by the Holy Spirit to a city called Philippi for the Philippians. But he himself is in, he has been confined 
to a space that he cannot leave unless he is allowed to leave. For certain reasons, he's been put there. There are people that are after him. There are people that do not like him. There are people that, in fact, hate him and are ready to kill him. And he is in prison in a, in a confined space, feeling like he can't go anywhere. But God is using a man in a confined space, not being able to go anywhere, to write a letter to some people in Philippi, Philippians, on what God is speaking to him to speak to them. In other words, he's in a tough place, going through some tough things, but is still being used by God to speak to some people on what they need to know about him. Yeah, I'm about to run in circles. Help me preach. He is in prison, but he's still, Joe, he's still preaching. He's locked up. But he's still releasing the word. He's in chains. But he is still declaring God's word. He's got chains on his hands. But it's not stopping him from writing what God is speaking to him that other people need to hear. His prison is his platform to still preach. Oh, man. He is locked up by man, but still being used by God. Doors are shut, but God is still opening them. And he's declaring God's word. You know, prison will give you certain perspective in the way that you preach. Sometimes it's the hardest seasons you go through that do the most for you in your life. Sometimes it's the driest moment in your life. Sometimes it's the scariest moment in your life. Sometimes it's a wake-up call for you, but it's that moment where you feel like you're confined, where you feel like you've been got some door shut on you, where you feel like you can't go anywhere or do anything, but it's in that place that God is still able to speak to you. And it's through that place that you are given a perspective that you cannot have otherwise that begins to help you and benefit you for what you need to do for God. In other words, if the disciples were not in the storm, they did not know Jesus, that he is the calmer and the peacemaker of wind and waves. His pers their perspective of Jesus changed because they were in the storm and they saw a man say, hey, peace, be still. <laughs> you know what happened in the storm? Yeah, they were wet. Yeah, they were messed up. Yeah, they were scared. Yeah, they were terrified because they almost lost their life. But you know what they said in the, in, in the storm? Who is this man? Sometimes we believe that because of what I'm going through, there is no way God can use me. Because of what I'm going through, it's until I get through this that God is pleased with me. You know, in this letter, Paul is giving them an update of how he's doing. He's encouraging them. He begins to, he begins to give, I think, the most shortest but deepest revelation of the life of Jesus in just a few sentences. Him becoming a man, humbling himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Deep revelation that he receives, receives and begins to write in Philippians 4, Philippi. But you know, and, and let's draw this line. You don't need to 
go through sin to be able to help somebody later go through that sin. I don't that makes sense. I don't need to be a drug addict to help somebody with their drug addiction. Now, Paul wasn't in prison because of his sin. Paul was in prison because of his faithfulness. Paul was in prison because he was declaring the word of God and walking out God's plan for his life. Prison for people was, uh, he's being stopped at what he's doing. But in God's perspective, no, that boy's walking out my plan. And prison was one of my pit stops where he's going to write to Philippi and I'm going to use it for my glory. See, when we are walking in God's plan, I'm not, I don't need to step into sin to be able to like, hey, so you slept with somebody before you got married? Okay, I'm going to try that out and I'm going to tell you how to get through it. <laughs> No, 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 no. I can be pure and keep myself pure until marriage, and I can help somebody still that is walking through that darkness because I don't got to walk through it to help them. I got to know Jesus to help them. When I know him and his word, I can help the people that are walking through stuff. Jesus can heal sicknesses. He can deliver you from bondage. He can break chains. He can set you free from sexual immorality. He can do all these things. So if I know him, he is the one that can help you. Are you hearing me? So prison for Paul was not I'm struggling with sin. Prison for Paul was I'm walking in faithfulness. I'm being attacked, oppressed, and I feel like everything's against me. I feel like all hell is breaking loose in my life, but I'm faithful unto God, and the prison is not going to stop what God wants to do through me. Right? You're hearing me. And of course, of course, if I, if I get caught up in some stuff and I go through sin, and I struggle in sin and God sets me free, of course, God can use that for my, for my good. I'm not saying he can't. But we have to have clear in, our, clear in our mind that I don't have to go through sin to help a sinner. Are you hearing me? I can be faithful to God and when I know Jesus, he's the one that saves sinners. My coming to know him is what actually can help somebody for what they're going through. Are you hearing me? Paul has a perspective, a perspective that God begins to give him through the prison. And he begins, he's just writing, writing about Jesus, writing, encouraging them, writing to boost them because they're going through some persecution. And so go with me now to chapter 3, please. please. Go with me to chapter 3. Uh, sorry, chapter 1, verse 6. Yeah, NKJV on the screen, please. Chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident, Paul says, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We cannot believe that what we go through, we cannot believe that what we're facing right now, we cannot believe if you're in a storm, if you're in a dry place, if you're being oppressed, if you're being attacked, if you're being, if you're falling into temptation, you cannot believe. Now, this is not once saved, always saved, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is no matter what comes against you, if you are in Christ, he will complete the work he began. We got to have revelation of this before we continue. What got started in my life, he will finish. Now, there, is there a lot of prerequisites? Of course, of course. You know, I'm sitting at home not going to church. God, you started it. Finish it, man. 
No, there's a walk I have to walk out. There's things I have to do. There's the word I have to obey. What I know, the, he, Paul goes on to say, hey, what you know and have received, you got to continue doing it. But he's encouraging them that, hey, what got started in you, he is going to finish. Okay, how about this? Who graduated college just recently? We're going to help you. We're going to help you out today. Yeah, this is the, the handwriters. The, I, I can't raise my hand. I'm still sore. Dan, yeah? Okay. No, no, that's not, yeah, I'm not doubtful of him finishing. It's just some people are like, <laughs> I just, I, he's young, that's why. Anybody else? Okay, you know, Rod's watching. Rod, I know you finished at Portland State University, got a civil engineering degree. Um, can you imagine applying, applying to a university or college and you're in your first class as day one? And you are, you know, especially if you're not confident and you're not very smart, you're sitting there like, okay, God, if high school was hard for me, I don't know what I'm going to do here, you know. And you're just, you're hanging on by, the, by your seat and it's just day one, class one, and it's PE. <laughs> okay. Um, do they have PE in college? I think they do. Yeah. I went to college too. Um, and, and can you imagine your teacher telling you, hey, You just do what, I'm, what I tell you to do, you're going to finish. You're scared of your life. There's a lot of credits you have to take, but I'm going to tell you, in four years, you will walk on stage. Just do what I tell you to do. So, okay, some of you have not obviously gone to college, but that would excite me very much. If I had somebody come up to me in class and say, hey, George, I'm here to help you. I'm like, what? Where'd you come from? Angel? Gabriel? What? <laughs> do what I tell you to do, and you will. In fact, I will finish what I start. God gives us a confident hope that when he comes into my life, no matter how broken, dark, messed up it was, God comes into my life. If you just obey me, if you just stay in me, I will finish the work that I started. You walked into church, thought, hey, I'm going to change my life. No, I was drawing you to church, and I started touching you in your room. And when you came here, yes, you gave your life to me. But my friend, I started the work, and the work I started, I'm going to finish. I'm going to bring them to completion. You thought in season one you were done. You thought after the first semester, you. but what I started, I finished. I'm a God who is concerned about your finish. Thank God that you're here. But God is more concerned not about you getting through this week or this year. God is concerned about you finishing what he started in you. Man, that gives me such confidence. I'm not walking alone. I'm not trying to change my life. I'm not trying to become somebody I'm not. God is working in my life. God is leading me. I got to just keep doing what I know I need to keep doing. Not everything. I don't know everything. Not everything's revealed to me. But what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing. And God is leading me. God started this thing and God's going to finish this thing. Come on, there's a confidence you begin to walk with when you realize you come into the church and you're like, hey, I didn't come here in the beginning. God brought me here. Hear me. God did this. We had people go through encounter yesterday. God did that. For some reason, you were inclined to sign up to get water baptized. This is not just you saying, I'm going to give my life. No, God is drawing you. My friend, God is doing something in your life. 
And all of a sudden there was a desire out of nowhere. For some of you it was a friend talking. For some of you it was a parent. For some of you out of nowhere at a service. Man, I think I need to get water baptized. God is drawing you. I got baptized 10 years ago. Gosh, that's a long time ago. October 11th, 2008. I celebrated 10 years just this last October. No, I'm going to celebrate 10 years. I'm a, I'm a mathematician. I, I'm going to celebrate 10 years this October. God water baptized me. God's going to finish the work he started. In Jesus' name. Chapter 3, go to chapter 3. Okay, can we get, let's get some of the worship people up here. We're going we're gonna to do this together. Chapter 3. Maybe just a, yeah, sure, keys. I guess it's popular. Some people have drummers now. Drummer, if you feel, if you feel led, if you feel like God is drawing you to complete his work, please take, the, take your sticks. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. But what, but what things were gain to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered and lost excuse me, for, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a, my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Read a little bit more. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 20, skip down. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. bounce back to verse 14 I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call some of your Bibles will say the heavenly call or being called heavenward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus Verse 7 and 8, he says, what was to my gain, God's just been in the last week, two, been thinking about these verses and asking God some serious questions. Paul says, what was to my gain, are you with me? Are you here? Come on, this is important, are you here? What was to my gain, I now consider... Okay, this is important, that word. I now consider it loss compared to, consider compare, consider loss compared to knowing, my own words, he says a lot of beautiful words, but in short, knowing Christ Jesus. 
In fact, I consider not just all things loss, but all things rubbish. I feel English when I say that, rubbish. 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 Compared to the infinite mind-blowing way I can come to know him and the power of his resurrection. We skip to verse 20. He says, you are citizens of heaven. Some believe the reason for him saying specifically that phrase to Philippi is because he was writing to people that were citizens of Rome. Now, this will only make sense if you go back in that time. If you were a citizen of Rome, we see this, this example in the life of Paul. When they found out that Paul was a citizen of Rome, they backed off. You are what? You are who? Well, yeah, I'm not just a Jew, but I want to let you know I'm also a citizen of Rome. And what they wanted to do to him, they stopped and actually began to escort him because of his Roman citizenship. When you go back in that time, if you were a Roman citizen, it was a golden ticket for life. Everywhere you went, people knew and acknowledged the influence and power of your Roman citizenship no matter what place you were in. You go to Philippi, you go to Galatia, you go to Corinth, and you show them. No questions. Because Rome was a major power house in that time. To be a citizen of this country, to be a citizen under Rome, gave you certain privileges that other people did not have. And Paul says, hey, I want to remind you that you're citizens of heaven. In verse 14, we bounce back. Paul says, are you guys still here? Paul says, I press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Another version will say, I'm being called heavenward. I'm being called up, if you look up the Greek word. I'm being called higher. I'm being called to heaven by God in Christ Jesus. And Paul says, I press on. I press on not by my strength. I press on not by my church stability. I press on not just to be here. I press on not just to be in youth group for a season. I press on not just to serve in the media team. My pressing on is not just my ministry. My pressing on is not just me getting what I want from God. My pressing on is not receiving my miracle. My pressing on is God is calling me higher. God is calling me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, I thought, could I have, please, what Paul had in verses 7 and 8? What he thought was gain in a verse becomes lost and the next verse becomes rubbish. And I thought, man, this is, are you serious? And I began to realize, we have the privilege of reading two verses that took I don't know how many years for him to step into and begin to read and write and tell us about. I thought, man, 
There's got to be a secret. When, I, when I'm experiencing his presence, man, everything's going to change. Things are going to fall off, blah, 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 and I'm going to be in third heaven. It's a process. The word gain that's used there means for your profit. Duh. Yeah, you keep listening. The word loss is not just you lost. The word loss is a bad deal. In other words, what you expected to get from it, not only did you not get anything from it, but it's now costing you something that you thought you were going to get. Word loss. The word rubbish is two words that are combined. I'm like, what in the world? Greeks are weird. Two words that are combined, that means dog and throw. Dog, dog throw, throw dog. Rubbish means throw a dog. <laughs> Thank you. Goes on to say and explain that rubbish, the best way for us to understand, is something that's only good to be thrown away. You know, I got two little kids. And their bodies are working very good. Uh, they eat food and they love food, both of them. She's turning three this summer. Anastasia, can't believe it. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, she's turning three. George is already nine months. And my wife sent me some pictures this week. I thought I, I thought my I thought my son was something serious was happening to him because she sent me a picture. I don't know what kind of wife does this. <laughs> she sent me a picture and it's my boy and he's got a shirt off and he's sitting in his seat where he eats food and his entire face is red and this is all red and he's got like clumps of red like this and he's like and he sends me I'm, I'm like is, is what happened to him? Oh, I just gave him strawberries. Oh, okay, send me pictures of him eating strawberries. Not sprayed in blood. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm just getting some things out off my chest. <laughs> but where I'm going with this is that they love food, and because they love food, food comes in and food comes. Sorry. I'm sorry if you're hungry. I'm sorry if you're not feeling good right now. I know some people just went through the flu. And so when I... We get garbage picked up on Fridays, and when I, before I leave to work on Friday, it's one of my Friday routines, I get up, I'm up early, I do my thing, I go, I collect all the garbage in the house. We got some garbage in the bathroom, little can thing, we got a garbage in the, lit, in the kitchen area, and, and when I open the garbage in the kitchen, man, I am hit by not anointing, I am hit by something that came from the pits of you know what. And you know what I do, what I do, I don't know what you do with trash, but what I did is I very quickly, I'm a master of holding my breath when I have to tie up garbage bags, brother. And so I very quickly held my breath, I take off the lid, I take the bag, whoop, 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 I tie it up, I tie it up. And my, 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 my honey is, she's a good girl, she, she buys Febreze garbage bags. Oh my gosh, she buys Febreze garbage bags. So, but I, I want to tell you, the Febreze does not work with my kid's stuff. It works with food we put in there. It works with some other things we put in there. But when my kids are very healthy, I open that thing up and I don't smell flowers. I don't smell pollen. I don't smell Febreze. I smell things I don't want to smell. And I tie that bag up and I get out of my house as fast as possible. I put it in the trash can because that's where it, 
belongs, then I take my trash can to the road to get picked up Friday. And if it doesn't get picked up, oh my gosh, waste development's got a problem with me. You're laughing, but it's crazy that if I come to know Jesus in my life more, there are things in your life when Paul says, I got things to my gain, he doesn't say. He's not talking about sin. This is great. I want you to hear this. This is, this is insane. He's not talking about, here are all my issues. And of course, compared to knowing Jesus, they don't compare. No, he says, where I grew up. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. That's important when you're Jewish. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. That's important for when you're Jewish. One of the strongest tribes of Israel. I was taught under so-and-so. That's kind of important for Jewish Pharisees. According to the law, I am a Pharisee. As far as zeal, I persecuted the church. As far as righteousness, I'm blameless. Can you believe what he's saying, man? No, you can't. It's okay. You just try to believe. I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to. Believe what he's saying. And he says, what I thought was to my gain, in one sentence, that took some years, he says, is now loss. And what, what is lost in the next sentence becomes rubbish. What am I saying? What I'm saying is there's some things that we desire to live for so much that we think are gain. But my friend, when you come to know the person of Jesus Christ, there's things that in one season are gain that in the next become lost. And then the things that are lost in another become rubbish. In other words, things that people are running for, running after, you're not running after. In fact, you're throwing away because there's something so much more that you have experienced. You know, this earthly life, I call a temporary reality because the Bible says your life is like a blade of grass. It's here today and it's gone. It's like a vapor. You see it and then you What I'm running after sometimes in my life, what I'm wanting and dreaming and asking God for, it's good. But I want to provoke you that there are some things you think are gain, my friend. When you come to know who he is, when there's a desire. Now, look, I'm, I'm not telling you to become Apostle Paul. What I'm telling you is this. This is what Apostle Paul said. He said, I'm not an angel. And now I'm on cloud seven with Lord. He simply said like a man. You know, what I thought was gain. Gabriel didn't show up. What I thought was gain, I consider now loss. You know, why? Because I came to know something more than my gain. You know what he says? Some of us think, Apostle Paul, of course, man of God. You know what he says in the next sentence? You want, do you want to know God more? Anybody? If, if there's one person here, I'm glad you're with me. Do you want to know God more? You want to know Jesus more in your life? You want to be somewhere else in your life? Guess what Paul said next? And you can say this too. I want to know him more. Is that your final point, preacher? No. I don't know about you. But I, I want to know him more. 
I want to know him more. See, this is one of the reasons you're here and why I'm here. Because you don't always want to know him more, and this is okay. But you come into fellowship with some people, talk to somebody else who just got out for a mission trip, and you start hearing things, and you sit there. See, some of you are dying simply because you're not doing life with a believer. Isn't it crazy? Maybe this will change your life. Isn't it crazy that life group can transform your life for God? Simply because I'm sitting next to someone that is maybe not where I am and is experiencing God's presence, is sharing what God is speaking to them, is testifying of what God's doing in their life, is telling you a miracle, and you sit there and you listen to the testimony. My friend, if your testimony will defeat the devil in the last days, you better believe that when you're sitting next to someone who's not where you are and you begin to testify what God is doing in your life, there's something that begins to happen in this person's life that's saying, what, what did you just say? You don't just attend church on Sunday? God did what for you? And all of a sudden, my testimony begins to provoke my neighbor to want something more in his life. What is gain can become lost, and what is lost can become rubbish, not because you are religiously trained, but because you experience Jesus. Because you experience him. You come to know him more. And when I come to know him more, what the Bible is saying, he goes on to say, you're citizens of heaven. You know what you can, <laughs> you know what you can increase before you go to heaven? You can increase the speed to get there before you actually get there. You know how? When I am coming to know, when I'm coming to know Jesus in my life more, the Bible says, God is drawing me, God is taking me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, man, I wish I could seriously have a giant right now, Jesus, and show you what this is, looks like. When I come to know Jesus Christ more, God in him is drawing me higher. Um, okay, how about this verse? Paul says, when I had it all, abundance, I know how to live. When I had nothing, I know how to live. My secret, he goes on to say in Philippians, I have learned how to live in abundance or in nothing and lack because I can do all things in Christ Jesus. When I am in Christ, God is drawing me higher. When I'm in Christ and coming to know who he is more in my life, he's taking me higher. He's taking me higher. In other words, I'm all, you know, I believe in gravitational pull on earth, but spiritual gravitational pull stops happening in my life when God spiritually, I begin to grow in, in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Are you here? My friend, if, I don't know if you felt this yet or you're, or you're in this now. There is a strong gravitational pull, not just to your body, but to your soul and spirit here on this fleshly, temporary earth. And God wants to take what is his higher. He does it only 
by coming to know his son more. It's not how much Bible I know. I need to know a lot of Bible, but it's not how much Bible I know. It's not how much, how much I have memorized. How much I come to know Jesus Christ. How much I desire to know him more. This is what takes me higher. It takes me higher. Listen, if we were to put 10% of the effort into knowing him more than just trying to be free of sin, my friend, you'd have to fight a lot less against sin because when he takes you higher, the pull of that gravitational thing begins to stop because someone's taking you higher. And the higher is more than the... How, would I, how can I be free of sin? Man? How can I stop doing this or that? My friend... Stop running away from sin when you start pursuing Jesus and coming to know him more. There are some things I don't, I don't need to meet with you. I don't need to talk with you or counsel you. There are some things that God is going to cut off when you begin to get taken higher. You feel dry? Do you feel like you're in a prison? Do you feel like it's the same thing over and over again, my friend? I got the answer. Yes, you need to be here. Yes, you need to be in a life group. Yes, you need to go to camp. Yes, if you don't know what you're doing in the future, you need to go to church. But what you need more than anything and what Paul desired more than anything, I want to know Christ Jesus more. I want to know him more. This used to make me angry. We're going to pray right now. This used to make me angry. You know why? Because he raised the dead. He healed people who were sick. He preached the gospel all over. He wrote letters all over. Most of the New Testament by him. And this crazy man doing all these things for God. You think, you, bro, you, you got there. You're traveling. People know you. You're busy. This and this and that. But look, 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 look. He says, I don't know about you, but I, I want to know him more. You think I am fulfilled because I preach? You think I'm fulfilled because I travel? You think I'm fulfilled because I see people healed and set free? My fulfillment, my satisfaction, who I am, Paul, the name Paul, guess who gave it to me? I want to know him more. I want to know him more. Holy Spirit, sink this into our heart. That I am a temporary resident here on earth. You know, I don't know how many years I'll be here. But I've been sent by God to be here just for, in the Bible perspective, a short amount of time. To do something very specific. To know somebody very important and to be taken home. And right now, 18 years old, 16 years old, 22, 25, 28, I can begin to not be attached to this world and planning all of my riches and planning all my future here place I leave naked I've been saved and washed by the blood not to build 
my home and things and everything here. Are you hearing me? I'm here temporarily. I'm here for a moment. I'm here for a blink. I'm here as a blade of grass. I'm here as a... And why I'm here, why I'm here is to know him. We're so used to, some of you are so used to hearing this that you want to hear something else. But you're not going to hear anything else from this pulpit or from me. You are here to know Jesus more. What's my calling? I'll tell you what your calling is. I'll tell you what your calling is, what your purpose is, and what God's plan for your life is. Is to know Jesus Christ. And my friend, when you come to know Jesus Christ, when you know him, he will tell you personally what your call, what your plan, and what your purpose is. We run after plan and purpose like this, like a blind dog. But when I come to know Jesus and who he is in my life, he begins to tell me what my purpose is. He begins to tell me what my calling is. He begins to tell me what my plan is. I'm not freaking out. What am I doing here? Be at peace, my friend. Rest in the fact that you need to know Jesus. And knowing Jesus is not sitting on a couch with your hands open saying, Lord, come. It's Sunday morning, you go to church, go come. Don't get spiritually weird. Do what you know you need to do. But have your heart set on knowing you more in my life. I'm going to know you more in my life. That's my desire. That's why I'm here. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. You know, this is the theme of this year for our church, if you have forgotten. This year, pastor declared, we as a church, as families, as individuals, will come to know Jesus more in our life. If there's anything we accomplish or do as a church this year, it will be that all of us come to know him in a greater way. All of us will draw closer to him and who he is. And all of a sudden, you're coming to know him more. And things you could not remove out of your life not just trying to remove you're opening the trash can and you smell it and it goes right where it belongs because there's something more that you have encountered he sets you free he heals you he tells you what you need to hear he can comfort you no matter what you're going through he can give you peace no matter what storm you face. He is the author and the perfecter of faith when you have none. He is your strength. He is your protection. He is your joy and your peace. He is the love in your life. Everything you tell me you need and he is the answer. So what do I need? I need to come to know him more. I need to come to know him more. 